I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Well, what's there for me to talk about when I just recorded the previous episode mere minutes ago? Uh, nothing. I went upstairs, uh, and I opened all the windows, because it's suddenly warmer out, even though just the other day it was like 40 degrees. So this is frustrating. I don't know if I should be warm or cold. I can't tell what I'm supposed to feel. Uh, but I look out my window, and I see my neighbor, who's neglected his lawn, all summer, which is fine, suddenly cares about his lawn. He was out there laying down uh, uh, something on the ground to help the grass grow, and now he's watering it. I don't get it. Uh, months have gone by where I'm out in my front yard trying to make it not look so dead like an abandoned house, and, uh, and uh, he's out there with his lawn looking like crap. Now suddenly he gives a poop right before fall's about to hit. Maybe there's something about this I don't understand. Uh, being a, roughly a new homeowner, I don't really get uh, lawns in general. But, so, that weirdo's out there. That weirdo's also constantly outside uh, with a table saw in his driveway, which is right next to my living room window, and he's cutting wood with a high-pitched noise. Over and over again. He does it all day long. And then he goes out of town for Memorial Day or whatever, Labor Day. What do we just have? I don't even know. And then he comes back in the middle of a Monday and just starts doing it all over again. He does it every day, and he's been doing it all summer. I would think that by now, in his backyard or something, with all the woodcutting he's been doing for months, there'd be a cathedral back there. But there's no sign of anything. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Eh... So now he's out there doing... I think maybe there's something wrong with him. And maybe I shouldn't judge him so harshly. But it is not normal, the stuff he does over there. And then plus they have friends over, uh, wife, and all the friends are cackling, till like three in the morning on a weekday. I don't understand what they're doing over there. But these are things that never really bothered me before and I never cared about, but now I care about because I always sit around the house all the time, watching TV and stuff and playing video games. Uh... Well, anyways, let's uh, get on with our story. Well, we're going to skip over uh, learning about the author because I'm in a hurry i got to do this before I go pick up my daughter from her job. So let's get in. Uh, the District Doctor by Ivan S. Turgenev. One day in autumn on my way back from a remote part of the country, I caught cold and fell ill. Well, there we go. We're already off to a good start. Fortunately, uh, the fever attacked me in the district town at the inn. Uh, I sent for the doctor. 
In a half an hour, the district doctor appeared, a thin, dark-haired man at middle height. He prescribed to me eh, the usual sodorific. Uh, what is a sodorific? Well, let's look that up. Uh, related to or causing sweating, a drug that induces sweating. All right, from the early 17th century. Ordered a mustard plaster to be put on and deftly slid a five-ruble note up his sleeve, coughing dryly. Uh, looking away as he did so, and then uh, was getting up to go home, but somehow fell into talk and remained. I was exhausted with feverishness, probably in the sweating. I foresaw a sleepless night and was glad of a little chat that I had with my pleasant companion. Tea was served. Uh, my doctor began to converse freely. He was a sensible fellow and expressed himself with vigor and some humor with an O-U-R. Queer things happen in the world, and you may live a long while with some people, uh, and be on friendly terms with them, and never once speak openly with them from your soul, which others you have secretly or scarcely time to get acquainted. And all at once, uh, you are pouring out to him, or uh, he to you, uh, all your secrets, as though you were at a confession. I don't know how I gained the confidence of my new friend. Anyway, uh, we had to lead up to it, and he told me a rather curious incident. And here, I'll report his tale for the information of the indulgent reader. I will try to tell it in the doctor's own words. Uh, you don't happen to know, he began in a weak and quavering voice, the common result of the use of unmixed Berezov snuff. You don't happen to know the judge here, uh, my love, uh, Pavel Lukic. Uh, you don't know him? Uh, well, it's all the same. He cleared his throat and rubbed his eyes. Well, you see, the thing happened, to uh, tell you exactly without mistake, in Lent at the very time of the thaws. I was sitting at his house, our judges, you know, uh, playing preference. Our judge is a good fellow and fond of playing preference. Suddenly, the doctor made a frequent use of this word, suddenly, they tell me there's a servant asking for you, uh, and I say, uh, what does he want? And they say uh, he has brought a note, and it must be from a patient. Give me the note, I say. And it's from a patient. Well and good, you understand. It's our uh, bread and butter. Uh, but that's how it was. A lady, uh, a widow, writes to me and she says, uh, My daughter's dying. Uh, come, for God's sake, she says. And the horses have been sent for you. Well, that's all right. But she was 20 miles from town. Uh, and it was midnight, out of doors. And the roads were in such a state. Uh, my word. And she was a, a poor one herself. She could not expect more than two silver rubles. Even that uh, problematic. And perhaps it might only be a matter of a roll of linen and a sack of oatmeal in payment in italics. However, duty you know before everything. A, a fellow creature may be dying, and I hand over my cards at once uh, to Calipin, a member of the Provincial Commission, and return home. I look. Uh, a wretched little trap was standing at the steps with peasants' horses. Fat. Oh, too fat. And their coat was shaggy as felt. And the coachman sitting at this cap off out of respect. Well, I think to myself, it's clear, my friend, these patients aren't rolling in riches. And uh, you smile, but I tell you, a poor man like me has to take everything into consideration. If the coachman sits like a prince and uh, doesn't touch his cap and even sneers at you behind his beard and flicks his whip, then you may bet on six rubles. Ah, uh, but in this case, I saw I had a very different air. However, I think there's no help for it. The duty before everything. I snatch up the most necessary drugs uh, and set off. Will you believe it? I only just managed to get there at all. Uh, the road was infernal. Streams, uh, snow, watercourses, and the, the 
dyke had suddenly burst there, and that was the worst of it. However, I arrived at last, and it was a little thatched house. Ah, there was a light in the windows. Uh, That meant they expected me. (laughs) And I was met by an old lady, uh, very venerable, in a cap. Save her, she says. She is dying. And I say, uh, pray don't distress yourself. Uh, Where is the invalid? Uh, Come this way. And I see a clean little room, a lamp in the corner, and on the bed, a, a girl of 20, unconscious. Oh, she was in a burning heat and breathing heavily. Uh, I was a fever. Uh, there are two other girls, their sisters, uh, scared and in tears. Yesterday, they tell me, she was perfectly well and had a good appetite. Uh, and this morning, she complained uh, of her head. And this evening, suddenly you see, uh, like this. I say again, uh, pray don't be uneasy. Uh, it's a doctor's duty, you know. And I went up to her and, and bled her and told them about to put on a mustard plaster and prescribed a mixture. Meantime, I looked at her. Oh, I looked at her, you know, there, by God. I had never seen such a face. Oh, she was a beauty, in a word. I felt quite shaken with pity, uh, such lovely creatures, such, such eyes. But thank God, uh, she became easier. She fell into a perspiration and seemed to come to her senses, uh, look around, smiled, and passed her hand over her face. Her sisters bent over her. Uh, they asked, uh, uh, how are you? Uh, all right, she says and turns away, and I looked at her. Oh, she had fallen asleep. Well, I say. Now the patient should be left alone. So we all went out on tiptoe. Uh, only a maid remained, in case she wanted. In the parlor, there was a samovar standing at the table, and I had a bottle of rum. In our profession, one can't get on without it. Uh, they gave me tea and asked me to stop the night. Oh, I consented. Where should I go, indeed, at this time of night? Uh, the old lady kept groaning. Uh, what is it? I said. She would live. Don't worry yourself. You'd better take a little rest yourself. It is about two o'clock. But will you send to wake me if anything happens? Yes, yes, the old lady went away, and the girls, too, went up to their own rooms. They made up a bed for me in the parlor. Well, I went to bed, but I could not get to sleep. For a wonder, for in reality, I was very tired. Oh, and I could not get my patient out of my head. At last, I could not put up with it any longer. This is going in a dark direction, and I don't like the direction it's going, knowing that we're reading Russian stories. Something horrible's going to happen. I got up suddenly, and I think to myself, oh, I will go and see how the patient is getting on. (laughs) Her bedroom was next to the parlor. Well, I got up and gently opened the door, and how my heart beat. Oh, and I looked in, and the servant was asleep, uh, her mouth wide open, and uh, even snoring, the wretch. But the patient lay with her face toward me and her arms flung wide apart. Ah, poor girl. I went up to her, uh, dot, 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 when suddenly she opened her eyes and stared at me. Uh, Who is it? Who is it? Uh, I was in confusion. Uh, Don't be alarmed, madam, I say. I am the doctor, and I come to see how you feel. You, the doctor? Yes, the doctor. Your mother sent for me from uh, from town. Uh, We bled you, uh, madam. Now, pray, go to sleep. Uh, In a day or two, uh, please, God, uh, we will set you on your feet again. Ah, yes, yes. Doctor, don't let me die, please, please. Uh, Why do you talk like that? God bless you. Uh, She's in a fever again, I think to myself, and I felt her pulse. Yes, she was feverish. She looked at me and then took me by the hand. I will tell you why I don't want to die. I will tell you, now we are alone, and only, please don't you, uh, not to anyone, listen. 
I bat down, and she moved her lips quite to my ear, and she touched my cheek with her hair, and I confess my head went round, ah, and she began to whisper, and I could make out uh, nothing of it. Ah, she was delirious. She whispered and whispered uh, so quickly, and if she were not a Russian, at least she had finished, the shivering dropped her head onto the pillow and threatened me with her finger. Remember, doctor, to no one. (laughs) I calmed her somehow and gave her something to drink, uh, walked the servant, and went away. Uh, At this point, uh, the doctor again took snuff with exasperated energy and for a moment seemed uh, stupefied by its effects. However, he continued, the next day, contrary to my expectations, the patient was no better. I thought and thought, and so they decided to remain there, even though my other patients were expecting me. And uh, you know one can't afford uh, to disregard that. One's practice suffers if one does. But in the first place, the patient was uh, really in danger, Uh, and secondly, to tell the truth, I felt strangely drawn to her. Besides, I I liked the whole family. Ah, though they were really bad off, they were singularly, I may say, cultivated people. Oh, their father had been uh, a learned man and author, and he died, of course, in poverty. Ah, but he managed before he died to give his children an excellent education. Uh, He left a lot of books, too, Uh, either because I looked after the invalid very carefully or for some other reason, anyway. I can venture to say all the household loved me as if I were one of the family. Uh, meantime, the roads were in a worse state than ever. Uh, all communications, so to say, uh, were cut off completely. Uh, even medicine uh, could, with difficulty, be got from town. Uh, the sick girl was not getting any better. Uh, day after day, day after day, dot, 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 here, dot, dot, dot. But the doctor made a brief pause. I declare I don't know how to tell you, dot, dot, dot. He again took snuff, coughed, and swallowed a little tea. I will tell you, without uh, beating about the bush, my patient. Eh, how should I say? Well... She had fallen in love with me. Ah, or, no, it was not that she was in love. However, really, how should one say? The doctor looked down and grew red. No, he went on quickly. In love, indeed. A man should not overestimate himself. She was an educated girl, clever and well-read. And I had even forgotten my uh, Latin, one may say, completely as to appearance. The doctor looked himself over with a smile. I am nothing to boast of either, but uh, God Almighty did not make me a fool. I don't take uh, black for white. I know a thing or two, and I could see very clearly, for instance, that uh, Alexandria Andrinavania, uh, that was her name, uh, did not love me, uh, but had a friendly, so to say, inclination, a respect for something, uh, for me. Though she herself perhaps mistook the sentiment. Anyway, uh, that was her attitude, and you may form your own judgment of it, but, added the doctor, who had brought out all these disconnected sentences without taking a breath, and no wonder it's written that way. I feel like I just read nonstop for like five minutes. Uh, With obvious embarrassment, I seem to be wandering rather. uh, You don't understand anything like this. There, with your leave, I will relate it all in order. He drank off a glass of tea and began to calm her voice. Well, then, my patient kept getting worse and worse. You're not a doctor, my good sir. You cannot understand. But what passes in a poor fellow's heart, especially at first, when he begins to suspect that the disease is getting the upper hand of him, what becomes of his belief in himself? You suddenly grow so timid. It's indescribable. You fancy, then, that you have forgotten everything you knew and that the patient has no faith in you and that the other people began to notice how distracted you are, and you tell uh, symptoms with reluctance, and that they're looking at you suspiciously, uh, whispering, Ah, it's horrid. There must be a remedy, you think, for this disease, if one could find it. 
Isn't this it? Uh, you try. No, that's not it. And you don't allow the medicine the necessary time to do good. You clutch at one thing and then at another, and sometimes you take up a book of medical prescriptions. Uh, here it is, you think, sometimes, by Jove. You pick up one on a chance, uh, thinking to, to leave it to fate. The meantime, a fellow creature's dying. And another doctor would have saved him. We must have a consultation, you say. I will not take the responsibility on myself. And what a fool you look at such times. Well, in time, you begin to bear it. It's nothing to you. A man has died, and it's not your fault. Oh, you treated him by the rules. Uh, but what's still more torture to you is to see blind faith in you and to feel yourself that you are not able to be of use. Well, it was just this blind faith that the whole of Alexandria and his family had in me that they had forgotten to think that their daughter was in danger. Oh, I too, on my side, assure them that it's nothing. But meantime, my heart sinks in my boots. To add to our troubles, the roads were in such a state that the coachman was gone for whole days together to get medicine. And I never left the patient's room. I could not tear myself away. I tell her amusing stories, you know, uh, play cards with her, and I watch her uh, side at night. And the old mother thinks me, uh, thanks me with tears in her eyes, but I think to myself, I don't deserve gratitude. I frankly confess to you there's no object in concealing it now. I was in love with my patient. And Alexandria, blah, 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 had grown fond of me, and she could not sometimes let anyone in her room but me Oh, she began to talk to me, to ask me questions, uh, where I'd studied, uh, how I lived. Who are my people? Um, whom I go to see? I feel that she ought not talk, but uh, to forbid her to, to forbid her resolutely, you know. I could not. Sometimes I held my head in my hands and asked myself, eh, what are you doing, villain? And she would take my hand and hold it, give me a long, long look, and uh, turn away, sigh, and say, uh, how good you are. Her hands were so feverish, her eyes so large and languid. Yes, she says, you are a good man, a kind man, and you're not like our neighbors. No, you're not like that. Why did I not know you until now? Alexandra, blah, 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 calm yourself, I say. I feel, believe me, I don't know how I have gained, but there, calm yourself. All will be right, and you will be well again. And meanwhile... I must tell you, continued the doctor, bending forward and raising his eyebrows, that they associated very little with the neighbors because the smaller people were not on their level and pride hindered them from being friendly with the rich. Well, I tell you, they were an exceptionally cultivated family, uh, so you know it was gratifying for me. Uh, she would only take her medicine from my hands and she would lift herself up, poor girl, with my aid and take it and gaze at me. My heart felt as if it were bursting. Meanwhile, she was growing worse and worse, uh, worse and worse all the time. She will die, I think to myself. She must die. Believe me, I would sooner have gone to the grave myself. And here were her mother and sisters watching me, looking into my eyes, and their faith in me was wearing away. Well, how is she? Oh, all right, all right, all right indeed. My mind was failing me. Well, I was sitting one night alone to my patient, and the maid was sitting there too, eh, snoring away in full swing. And I can't find fault with the poor girl, though. She was worn out, too. Alexandria, blah, 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 had felt very unwell all the evening, and she was very feverish. Till uh, midnight, she kept tossing about. And at last, she seemed to fall asleep. At least, she lay still without stirring. 
Oh, the lamp was burning in the corner before the holy image. I sat there, you know, with my head bent. I even dozed a little. Suddenly it seemed as though someone uh, touched me in the side. I turned around. Uh, Good God, Alexandria blah blah blah, with eyes gazing with intent at me. Uh, Her lips parted, her cheeks seemed burning. Uh, What is it, doctor? Shall I die? Merciful heavens, no, doctor, no. Please don't tell me, tell me I'll live. Don't say so. If you knew, listen, for God's sake, don't conceal my real position. And her breath came so fast. If I uh, can know for certain that I must die, then I will tell you all. All, Alexandria, blah, 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 I beg, listen. I have not been asleep at all. I have been looking at you uh, for a long while. For God's sake, I, I believe in you. You are a good man. This just goes back and forth. You have no idea who's talking. <laughs> An honest man. There's no quotes even. It's just dot, 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 and then somebody else is talking. Entreat you by all that is sacred of the world. Tell me the truth. If you knew how important it is to me, uh, doctor, for God's sake, tell me. Am I in danger? Uh, what can I uh, tell you, Alexandria? Blah, blah, blah. Pray. For God's sake, I beseech you. I can't disguise it from you, I say, Alexandria. Blah, blah, blah. You certainly are in danger, but God is merciful. Then I guess she's talking. I shall die. I shall die. And uh, it seemed as though uh, she were pleased. Her face uh, grew so bright. Oh, I was alarmed. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm not frightened of death at all, I guess she's saying. She suddenly sat up and leaned on her elbow. Now, yes, now I can tell you that I thank you with my whole heart. That you are kind and good, and that I love you. I stare at her like one possessed. It was terrible for me, you know. Uh, Do you hear? Uh, I love you, Alexandria, blah, blah, blah. How have I... Oh, I guess he's saying it. I thought it was her. This is the most confusing story I've ever read. Eh, how I have deserved... No, no, you don't. You don't understand me. And suddenly she stretches out her arms, and taking my head in her hands, she kissed it. Oh, believe me, I almost screamed aloud. Oh, I threw myself on my knees and buried my head in the pillow. Eh, she did not speak. Her fingers trembled in my hair. I listen. Eh, she's weeping. And I began to, to soothe her, uh, to reassure her, and I really don't know what I did say to her. Uh, You'll wake up the girl, I say to her. Alexandria, blah, 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 I thank you. Believe me, calm yourself. Uh, Enough, enough, she persisted. Never mind all of them. Let them wake. Let them come in. It does not matter. I am dying, you see. And uh, what do you fear? Uh, Why are you afraid? Lift up your head. Or perhaps you don't love me. Perhaps I am wrong. In that case, forgive me. Alexandria, blah, blah, blah. What are you saying? I love you. Alexandria, blah, blah, blah. She looked straight into my eyes and opened her arms wide. Then take me in your arms. I will tell you frankly, I don't know how it was I did not go mad that night. I feel that my patient is killing herself. I see that she is not fully herself. I understand, too, that if she did not consider herself on the point of death, she never would have thought of me. And indeed, say what you will, it is hard to die at 20 without having known love. This is what was torturing her. This was why, in despair, she caught at me. Uh, Do you understand now? But she held me in her arms and would not let me go. Have pity on me, Alexandria, blah, blah, and have pity on yourself, I say. Why, she says, Uh, what is there to think of? Uh, You know I must die. This she repeated incessantly. 
If I knew uh, that I should return to life and be a proper young lady again, I should be ashamed. Of course, ashamed. But why now? But who uh, has said that you will die? I think he's saying. Oh, no, leave off, I think she's saying. You will not deceive me. You will not know how to lie. Look at your face. Uh, you shall live, Alexandria, blah, 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 and I will cure you. We will ask your mother's blessing, and we will be united, and we will be happy. I think she's saying, no, no, I have your word, I must die. You have promised me, you have told me. It was cruel for me, uh, cruel for many reasons, and uh, see what trifling things can do sometimes. It seems nothing at all, but it's painful. It occurred to her to ask me, uh, what is my name, uh, not my surname, but my last name, uh, and I must uh, needs to be so unlucky as to be called Trifon. <laughs> yes, indeed, Trifon Ivanovich. Each one in their house called me doctor. However, there's no help for it. I say, Trifon, madam. Yeah, she frowned. Yeah, she shook her head and muttered something in French. Uh, something unpleasant, of course. And then she laughed disagreeably, too. Well, I spent the whole night with her in this way before morning, and I went away feeling as though I were mad. Uh, when I went again into her room, it was daytime. After morning tea, uh, good God, I could scarcely recognize her. People are laid in their grave looking better than that. I swear to you on my honor, I don't understand. I absolutely don't understand. Now how I, I lived through that experience. Uh, three days and nights, my patience still lingered on. And what nights? Uh, what things she said to me. And on the last night, only imagine to yourself. I was sitting near her and I kept praying to God uh, for one thing only. Take her, I said, uh, quickly. Oh, and me with her. Suddenly the old mother comes unexpectedly into the room. And I had already the evening before told her, uh, the mother, uh, that there was little hope and it would be well to send for a priest. Uh, when the sick girl saw her mother, she said, oh, It's very well you've come. Look at us. Oh, we love one another. Oh, we've given each other our word. Uh, what does she say, doctor? Uh, what does she say? I turned livid. She is wandering, I say, uh, the fever. But she, hush, hush, uh, you told me something quite different just now, and have taken my ring. Uh, why do you pretend? Oh, my mother is good. She'll forgive me. Uh, she will understand. And I am dying. I have no need to tell lies. Uh, give me your hand. Oh, I jumped up and ran out of the room. The old lady, of course, uh, guessed how it was. I will not, however, weary you with any longer. And, and to me, too, of course, it's painful to recall all this. Oh, my patient passed away the next day, God rest her soul, the doctor added, uh, speaking quickly and with a sigh. Before her death, she asked her family to go out and leave me alone with her. Forgive me, she said. I am perhaps to blame toward you, uh, my illness. But believe me, I have loved no one more than you. Uh, do not forget me. Keep my ring. The doctor turned away, and I took his hand. Ah, he said, let us talk of something else. Or would you care to play preference for a small stake? Oh, preference is a card game? I'm only catching on to that now. It is not for people like me to give away to exalted emotions. There is only one thing for me to think of. But how to keep the children from crying and the wife from scolding. Since then, you know, I have had time to enter into lawful wedlock. As they say, oh, I took a merchant's daughter, 7,000 for a dowry. Uh, her name's Akul Akulina. Akulina. <laughs> God damn it. It goes well with Trifon. 
Uh, she's an ill-tempered woman, I must tell you, but luckily she's asleep all day. Well, shall it be preference? We sat down to preference, for half-penny points. Trifon Ivanovich won two rubles, and a half for me, and went home late, well pleased with his success. Well, the story turned out as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, nothing is predictable. I guess I can respect that out of all these stories. He is playing a card game with uh, some judge or whatever, or the mayor. I forgot he was playing card game with. And then he's sent out to a poor person's house, which he's sneering at, or not rich enough for him, at least. And then he uh, has to uh, hang out there while this girl is uh, suffering from some... Uh, undefined illness and he goes through the regular stuff that all doctors do you bleed them and put mustard on them so that's something I mean he did everything he could <laughs> but then uh, but of course she's pretty and so him feeling uh, that he's got some sort of right to the situation because they don't make as much money as you would like them to make uh, feels like yeah it's okay for me to suddenly fall in love with your sick and dying daughter and then uh, when she actually falls for it because uh, he's either out of pity he's telling her he loves her so that she can feel love before she dies. But I think he actually loved her uh, because he's obsessive. Uh, then when she's actually going to tell the parents, oh, he bolts out of the room. Oh, don't tell him. It's so embarrassing. And then she uh, basically just dies knowing that he's embarrassed of uh, admitting that he's married to her or wants to marry her. Uh, the whole thing's weird. And then he dies. Then he winds up marrying somebody else who's got a first name just as ugly as his, his own first name. Uh, Tarkon, or whatever he calls himself. So what do we learn from that story? Uh, you could do something short-sighted and selfish. And uh, in the end, you can settle for something else. I guess. <laughs> if anything, we learned about the darker side of human nature with all of these stories so far. How does it tie in with what I had to say earlier about my creepy neighbor? Ah, the dark side of human nature. Whether it be him or me playing Animal Crossing for hours and then turning my eyes to the window to watch him cut wood and uh, all the hate that boils up inside me. Well, that's something I get to reflect on. All right, I gotta go pick up my daughter from work. So, thanks for listening, and uh, I will see you next week.